Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of active quest i am joined by mr chris penwell chris how are you doing i'm doing fine i'm i'm i've passed out multiple times this weekend because of how oh, busy it's been and i knew the rest and so i think all that time and energy put into everything um has finally yeah. caught up to me so <laughs> i was i was grateful that this e3 was still not in person because i don't think yeah. i would have had the energy to oh, attempt God. to do a you know I, i'm too I'm, I'm i'm still not ready for that yet not ready for Are that you... yet after the pandemic and all that. I'd love to go next year, though. Yeah, oh, me too. So I, want to talk I almost to get a developers. panic attack in a gas station right now. So yeah. I don't think I could do E3 yet. <laughs> and you get much better interviews if you do them in person. So Yeah, well, it's because you're so charming. It's, you know, same with me. We're, <laughs> we we could you. show up in some nice, uh, some nice suits, mm-hmm. slick our hair I back. I don't think you want to wear a suit in E3, though. It'd be a bit hot and ste- steamy. We'll just dress up as Master Chief, then we look really professional. <laughs> we got a good good gamer suit on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week's going to be a little bit of a brisk show, uh, because, you know, E3 is where a lot of the news gets put and things get kind of quiet afterwards. I think uh, journalists, we're not the only ones that are tired after E3. I think everybody's tired, so they're like, ah, let's put some, let's put some news out a few weeks. Uh, we got a couple of quick stories. We got two uh, bigger news stories. Really, even our news stories would probably be quick news stories on another week, but um, it's just a little, uh, little slower this week. Uh, the news side, um, I haven't been playing too many games. I've mostly been busy with with E3 stuff and like post E3 articles. Chris, have you been in the same boat, kind of? No, I, I've been board. playing a lot of Ninja Gaiden Sigma, uh, the hmm. from the Master Collection, and I have things to say about that. You can check out my. Reviews soon, or it might be up already on uh, Game Skinny. Um, yeah, I, I, I nice. it has issues, but I enjoyed the game itself. Um, but the remaster, yeah, not not as good. Um, but also, you can uh, I'll be talking about uh, Guilty Gear Strive, um, which I received review code on, and then Biomutant, which I received review code for as well. Um, so curious to hear your thoughts on Biomutant especially that game has uh it's been all over the place like yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those it's... games where like people like it but they've got concessions it's not there's not a lot of universal praise or you know negatives on it it's we, kind of in the middle we have to be honest though um we just haven't really covered it extensively just because it kind of got lost in the shuffle um yeah a lot of games released and um it's one of those things where i, I was able to get like two or three hours out of it and then i had to move on to other stuff so 
um I appreciate the review code, but uh, you know, um I think by the time we kind of received it it was a bit too late anyway. Um Well and then also we didn't want to um we didn't want to get the news buried in or the, the in, in the E3 stuff too. It's like it's like I've got a review that I finished two weeks ago for Retroware, uh for Mighty Goose, and the the publisher reached out to me and I just told them, you know, it's it's done. We just didn't want to publish it in the middle of E three, you know, and have no one see it. It's just it's tricky finding the right right time sometimes for coverage. It's it's uh, tough to cover indie games, especially because a lot of games released around this time. And I have one game to review for Retroware that I've been putting aside, so hopefully I can do that this week. Um, oh man, you and me, but I've got three reviews that I'm working on right now, and like one of them's got a June thirtieth embargo, so I got a little bit of time on that one. But the mm. other two, I need to get done like kind of ASAP. I'll I'll have so. a few. Um, previews coming up as well soon which i'm excited to talk about more with uh but yeah you can find active quest on spotify uh stitcher um apple podcasts podcast addicts wherever you listen to your uh podcasts uh we are probably there um you can uh, follow us on twitter at active quest show you can email us at activequestpodcast at gmail.com please just don't send the spam because we've had a bit of that recently you know um, making you uh, how how are you gonna make your big digger uh, your, your your dick bigger? <laughs> we you know, are good. We stuff. don't need we don't need help with that. No, we no, we don't. Good we're, already. We're good. Active we're fine. Um, Active Quest is an official uh, big dick energy podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't want the spam. We do want you to spam us review codes though. Go ahead and yeah, we we we'd like to out. we'd like to cover your games. You know. Um, it's it's been a bit busy lately, but you know um, we we'll get around to them eventually. And yeah, there's only three of us, but we'll get to them as quick as we can. Exactly. Yeah, and when those big games release, oh my god, uh, you know it's gonna be it's tough, but we'll we'll find a way around it. Um, but yeah, please rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, that would really help us grow. And I, I've seen a few uh, come up. You know, we've got about twenty now, so I'm thankful for oh, that. Cool. Um, also, also, we have five stars. Like, thank you for everyone that has reviewed yeah. us. Like, we've mm-hmm. got a good rating. We appreciate that. Helps us a lot with discoverability. So. Exactly. And uh, we've seen an uptick of listens this week, so I appreciate it. Uh, please keep doing. Uh, please keep sharing the show. Um, we we used to be at a much higher number, but due to COVID, we're at a lower point. So any help yeah. you can give us would be um, great. We'd be grateful. Um, but Josh. Are you ready to get into the quick news? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into some quick news. So the first one up we've got is uh, an Alan Wake remaster may have been found in the Epic Games Store. This is from John Carson over at Game Informer. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole article. Go ahead and check out the full article on Game Informer that John wrote up here. But essentially, a Redditor um, found some information that points out to uh, um, an Alan Wake remaster, you know, what looks like an Alan Wake remaster. And then we've also uh, kind of had other rumblings that happened too. Like you know, Remedy made a made it a point to mention that, um, you know, they 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 got the rights back, you know, a little earlier last year and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's just looking more and more likely like not only will we uh, get uh, more Alan Wake stuff, uh, which of course Control had DLC in the universe, but also a remaster might happen. Which I think that game still looks pretty good, but I won't mm-hmm. say no to a you know better looking version of it. I, Chris, what do you think about this? I think it's smart for them because you know Alan Wake could definitely fit in today's kind of landscape. I think mm-hmm. more people would be interested in checking it out. 
um, but also um, with this remaster, maybe they'll have a special episode that links um, Alan, Wake, Alan Wake to Control. Kind of like the Borderlands uh, DLC that we saw that connected 2 and 3 a little bit. Like, we're yeah, seeing that happen like that. more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. And it also just kind of puts him back in the, in, in the, you know, the, the conversation because outside of that Control DLC, the last Alan Wake thing that we got was 2011. So, oh, and also you know. another big story from the leak is that Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to PC as well through the Epic Game Store, and it makes sense cool. because Square Enix has um, uh, a big ties um, with Epic Games with its development. You know, Unreal Engine really helped Kingdom Hearts Three come to fruition, um, and the whole Kingdom Hearts series is available on Epic Game Store. So. Um, and this I is kind of the next big. I'm thing. looking forward to that being an Xbox too. I know it's a timed exclusive. Uh, so as yeah. soon as that comes to X, I'm, I'm buying that again on Xbox. Mm-hmm. I could see. I'm happy to double dip on that. I could see like the first kind of iteration of Final Fantasy VII remake coming to Xbox, and then yeah, Integrate is a PS5 exclusive. I could see that happening. Maybe um, I don't know. I mean, everything else is already on. Yeah. you know xbox and, like all the old games are in game pass or a lot of them are and one quick shout out as well apparently a plague tale innocence might be a playstation plus game for next month um oh that'd be cool. yeah that was i really like the, the rats of us it's a good game isn't that a fun time <laughs> i saw that on reddit one time was like, yeah That's so fun. and we didn't mention this on the show but the uh, plague tale requiem was announced at e3 um mm, during yeah. xbox's showcase it, we kind of uh forgot that came up so yeah i thought that that uh trailer was pretty good um it showed... i definitely want to see that whole i want that to be a series you know i think it will really, be a lot of really good stuff there yeah 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 uh so next up a quick news uh so uh this is from zach uh Zbizen on uh, kotaku it's uh so many people are playing battlefield 4 again that ea is increasing server capacity mm-hmm. uh which is good it'll help people find matches faster but it's 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 really neat, too, because this game came out in 2013, and uh, we're not going to go over the whole article. You know, go over to go to Kotaku and give them a click. But uh, basically, uh, one of the factors that we think uh, has happened is uh, not only the Battlefield 2042 reveal, but also this was free on Twitch um, here in Summer Game Fest. Yeah. So um, a lot, lot of free players, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of new people are able to check it out for, you know, no additional money. And then people are just excited again too because of the you know the new Battlefield game. But oh, yeah, Battlefield great. Four was good, mm. and it's also it's good seeing a publisher look and see oh people are playing that. Let's make it easier for them to play it because they really could have just ignored it, been like whatever. You know the new one's coming out, but that was nice that they you know increased servers and stuff. Uh, what's your favorite Battlefield game? You'd say like for me, I think it's um, Three or uh, yeah, Bad Company. Three's my favorite still. Yeah. I put. Just a ridiculous amount of hours into three. It was so much fun. Operation like, I, bought, Metro, I bought all dude. the DLC. I played that <laughs> all the time, and it was new. It's just, a, I think for me, that's still my high point for Battlefield. It looks like 2042 is, I mean, I know we don't know much yet, but from what we've been shown, it looks like it might be kind of a, you know, a, a high point for the series again. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like the last couple of Battlefields, it was like, oh, we got to make this, let's make this. It didn't feel like there was as much energy into Battlefield as there used to be um, from EA, you know, and, 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 and stuff, so I'm glad to see Battlefield be like an event competing with Call of Duty again. You know, for a long yeah. time it was like, yeah, Battlefield's okay, but it's not as good as, you know, this year's Call of Duty or whatever, at least for mm-hmm. me. I don't think Criterion's so. helping out with that, and they're a very talented yeah. studio, so... Um, and then in another uh, 
is kind of related to the Battlefield thing, but like the other side of it, uh, this is over at Game Informer from Marcus Stewart. Rockstar shutting down GTA Online on PS3 and Xbox 360 in December. Uh, it's, you know, it's sad to see, but on the other hand, this did launch in 2013. So they, they yeah, kept that alive for eight years. Um, and it's, of course, still available on Xbox One and PS4. They kept it around until the two generations later. So it's, yeah. it's a pretty long time. But uh, just a kind of a big thing that I thought we should mention briefly. And um, then we've got one more quick news story before we jump into our main news. Uh, this is also from Marcus Stewart over at Game Informer. Uh, the medium crosses over to PlayStation 5 in September. Um, so this is pretty exciting. Bloober uh, released this on Xbox uh, uh, Series X and S uh, earlier in the year. Um, and it's coming to PlayStation 5 now, which is cool because uh, horror games don't always sell super well. Um, even if they come out and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good that more people will have a chance to play it. This comes out on September 3rd, PS5. And, of course, we have to mention, as we are almost, but not quite, actually obligated to mention Xbox Game Pass, uh, this game is in the service if you have an Xbox Series X or S. Or... Chris, do you have any interest in checking out the medium on PlayStation 5, or is it not your cup of tea? Uh, over the past few years, I've been way more interested in horror games. Like, ever since I got into Resident Evil 7, and then 2 Remake, and then um, uh, Resident Evil Village recently. So, I've been I've been into horror games, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, where it goes. Um, I just heard a rumor today um, from Jeff Grub Grub um, that they're reviving Dead Space in some fashion. Uh, yeah, EA was talking about how they're bringing back a, a, a an older series, too. I hope it's Dead Space. Yeah. Um, those are backward compatible on Xbox, and, like, they're cleaned up really well, you know, just from, like, you know, natural enhancements and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I really would like to see either uh, Mass Effect-style remake, remaster, or even just a, a reboot, you know? Just make Dead Space again. Run, you know, run with the concept. Take some stuff from it if you want, but, you know, do it again. Like, I, I, would, I would just like a remaster, to be honest with you. Yeah, remastered be fine, fine, but man, if we could get... De- we won't be able to get Dead Space 4 because of how 3 ended, pretty much, but... You know, reboot, or... Yeah, or... Uh, dude, can you imagine, like, an RE2 2019-style like, remake? <laughs> that would be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do some really good stuff with lighting that just wasn't who, possible. Who would work on then. it, then? Liberty? I, I mean, yeah, they would... They would make... They would, make, be, they they would, would kill it. it. Like, I, I would say, like, Liberty... Is probably a studio to look out for because when I played the cyber cyber kind of like game, I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, um, uh, Observer. Observer, yeah, yeah. Uh, that took some really interesting uh, t- turns, twists and turns that I didn't expect, and it was very yeah. trippy. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think, and the graphics are absolutely game was, stunning. Was pretty so. good too. Like Blair Witch, their Blair Witch game wasn't like you know it wasn't like game of the year or anything, but yeah. like I played a few hours of it and it, uh, what it, what it didn't do right or well or could have done better, it I think was made up for just like how interesting it was. Like you know, there's some really good concepts there that I'd like to see, you know, kind of further explored. I I think they're um, yeah, the next studio to get acquired if they haven't been already, like THQ Nordic or uh, Microsoft. They, or maybe they seem like a studio like Obsidian, where they would do better if they had financial stability, didn't yes. have to you know worry because exactly. they're really creative. 
But yeah, so that's that's good to see, and I'm excited to see that you've uh, gotten you know even more into horror games. Uh, I, I like all genres, but I just think horror just works so well for interactive media. Yeah. You know, like I love horror films and TV shows too, but like you just can't beat a good horror game. Like you just can't. They're so good, and uh, it's really special when you have to pause the game because you're like, nope, I just need a second. I just need a second. I can't. I can't do are, anymore. Are you excited for the next um, Dark Pictures anthology game? Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played the first two yet because yeah. remember Joseph wasn't too hot on Man of Medan. We got a review code of the second one that Joseph reviewed like mm. way back. Yeah, the second one looked good. I'm probably gonna wait till they have a collection with all of them, and then I'll just you know uh, grab that. Maybe, yeah. Just because I I am interested in the second one and the upcoming one. So so far we're two for three, and the ones I really want to play. Yeah, the first one. I don't think Man and Madame looks bad. It just doesn't look like the you know the best out of the the concept. It feels a bit janky. I think a lot of us just wanted more until dawn, and yeah. we didn't get it. Yeah. And also from what the reviews I read for uh, Man and Madame, it's like they. Figured out how to do things really well in Until Dawn and then forgot, you know, from Anna Madan. Like, you know, it just it, it it felt like they didn't take the right stuff from Until Dawn. The, the main the main and, issues yeah. were the characters. They just weren't were so unlikable. That's right. I yeah. remember when someone Joseph mentioned someone died, he was like, and I didn't give a shit. Fuck but, that guy. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But there was one person I liked, but then they ditched the whole game. Cause they were Man, able Until to Dawn was one of my favorite PS4 experiences. Like it was just it was yeah. so good. I think that was one of the first games I played when I got a PS4. Too. Like, you know, I, I, I got my PS4 and Crash and Same Trilogy came out. And I just kind of grabbed like five or six other games, you know, from the, the, mm-hmm. my, my local shop. And I, I, Until Dawn was already on my radar. So I, I, it was like the first box I grabbed other than uh, Uncharted uh, Trilogy. Right. Um, yeah, so that's it for our quick news. Um, and then we'll go ahead and jump into our news. It's going to be a little bit of a lighter show. Um, we, <laughs> we forgot to mention. Uh, Joseph is still out. Oh uh, God! We we were just kind of moving quick. People. I just forgot to. Yeah, no, we we love Joseph. We miss him. It's just we're tired. We're very tired. Uh, Joseph is uh, still working on getting moved into his uh, his new house, and you know he was he he sold his house and bought a house, and he was dealing with all that stuff, and it, it was sound, just a lot. It sounds so. stressful, especially with uh, yeah. E three. He was working on E oh, three yeah. as he was moving. That's, That's right. Yeah, he said he dedicated. I remember he said he was packing boxes yeah. while covering That's the insane. I was like, Dude. That's crazy. Yeah. So go read all of Joseph's articles. Yeah. Click five times a piece in each article. Bother him. <laughs> really, really, yeah, really flood him with views and, and thank him for his hard work. Um, so yeah, Chris, ready to jump into our news. Ready. Alright, so our first story, this is really interesting. My favorite thing about this is that it wasn't brought up during E3. I think it was smart for this to kind of come out as an afterthought later, because then they're not focusing on it too much, but I think it's still a pretty big deal. So this is over from The Verge, Tom Warren. Um, Microsoft is bringing next-gen games to the Xbox One with xCloud. This is this is neat. Like, they're really really going with their, their, their vision of play our games where you want to play them. Um, and if you've got good you know, internet, and and you can sustain it, then there's going to be some Xbox Series XS games that you can play on your Xbox One through xCloud. That's that's really cool. We don't have a lot of information yet. Right now, all we know is the first game is going to be Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is really funny for me because that, I know this sounds silly because I don't talk about, you know, airplanes or having an interest in that stuff very often. It's like Forza Horizon for me. 
I don't know much about flying. It's like I don't know a lot about cars, but this just looks fun and exciting. This was the first game that made me want to go, okay, I got to go get a Series X. And it's like, oh, never mind. I don't have to get one quite yet. I could just play it on xCloud. Uh, obviously, still I'll try to get one when I can, but it's just kind of funny that, you know, this was the game. Like, okay, I got to have an X. Because this looks like a really fun game to play on the couch. Just, just sink into the couch and fly all over. Uh, Chris, I know you don't have an Xbox One, and you're going to grab a probably a Series X or S eventually if, uh, you know, if they, if they have a compelling enough thing for you, or you'll just play in PC. But if you had an Xbox One and you were, you know, kind of thinking about upgrading, if all of Xbox is, and to clarify, Xbox didn't say all of their games are going to have this happen to I just wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft published games get this treatment. But if that were the case, would this kind of keep you from buying a Series X or S? If you could just play your Xbox published stuff no, on here? No, because the problem is, like, I've had bad experience with PlayStation now. Because mm. I, I try to stream those PS3 games because for some reason PlayStation doesn't want to give me backwards compatibility. And I, I tried playing Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus the other day. And it was so laggy to the point of like being unplayable. Oh, so yeah. and I've got great internet, so right. Uh, I think XCloud is probably better than that. I know Stadia's been better that, than at that um, than PlayStation Now, but for me, I've really gone off the whole idea of streaming, um, and yeah. I want the game playable on the hardware. You know. Right. Um, for me, I think this is a super cool option. But yeah, this would never replace traditional gaming for me. But it is kind of cool since, you know, I've had trouble tracking down a, a Series X. And it's like, okay, cool. I can I can play it like this for now. But yeah, I do agree. I don't think streaming is at a place where it could replace, you know, traditional gaming as a whole for most people. I don't think a lot of us really want it to replace either. I think really a lot of us really like having our box. Well, everyone has a data cap as well in the States, right? So True. I don't think it's going to I don't a, have one right it. now, but my provider keeps trying to get me to upgrade to faster speeds, and then I would lose my grandfathered unlimited data. And I'm nah, like, oh, I'm nah, good. We got nah, 200 by 20, and that's enough for but two people. But the thing people. is, you'll have, have to, to upgrade, my... that, upgrade to that eventually, though. Hmm, maybe. Right now it's just just me and my wife, so like if just 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 Becca and I, our our our, our two hundred down is you know good enough. But yeah, eventually I'll probably have to. But I really like having that 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 free unlimited data. You know, like it's just nice not to worry about it. Especially since you know I update a game sometimes and it's like eighty fucking gigs. Yeah, Activision, please stop. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Stop making me download a twenty gig patch when you add a new weapon to Call of Duty. That is all. <laughs> Thank you, Activision. Uh, and then we got one more quick story. Why it's it's news? It's our it's one of our news stories, but it's just a quicker one. Um, it's this uh, slower week uh, after E three. So this is from Ben Reeves over at Game Informer. You guys are probably noticing that all of our stories are from Game Informer for the most part. That's my most uh, used site, and I threw the run a show together quickly uh, before we started recording. So um, yeah, uh, Ben Reeves, Game Informer, Nintendo president comments on new Switch hardware. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Rumors have circulated for months and months that Nintendo is working on some kind of updated Switch hardware. A Nintendo Switch Pro, quote-unquote, that would feature a bigger screen, be capable of outputting in 4K resolution. But E3 is come and gone, and Nintendo didn't announce any such device. Um, so, President of Nintendo America, Doug Bowser, addressed with the Switch Pro rumors in a recent interview with Dean Park, the 
Washington Post. Really good interview. I'd recommend everybody read it. I'll actually throw that in our recommended reading at the end of the doc, too. So whatever you're listening to, just scroll down to the end of our notes, and there will be a link. Uh, he said, we are always looking at technology and how technology can enhance gameplay experiences. It's not technology for technology's sake. It's how specifically can technology enhance a gameplay experience. And then where do you apply the technology? Do you want to apply it on current existing hardware platforms, or do you want to wait for the next platform? And then what's the right gameplay experience with that? There's a host of factors that goes into it, and that's something we're always looking at, end quote. So we were expecting a mid-generation upgrade for the Switch. I think a lot of us, even like me and you, Chris, we love our Switch, but like, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to making a more powerful version that comes out, you know, this year, next year. I don't know if I'd necessarily grab it right away, but I do think that we're approaching a time where that's going to be necessary. I don't think necessarily for Nintendo published games, but we're starting to see the, uh, you know, we're starting to see, see a little bit of uh, age in the system yeah. um, with ports and third-party games in general. Um, to me, this reads like they're not doing a mid-generation upgrade and that they're looking at doing a Switch 2, quote-unquote, whenever they get around to it. Yeah, I, For I, me, it seems like they're trying to drive this truck until it breaks, and then, you know, we've got a new Switch. What, what do you think? I, I, I keep hearing the Nintendo Switch programmers, but I just don't believe them, personally. I, it just doesn't make sense to do it so quickly now that, you know, the PS5, Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, you know, their uh, production is ramping up for them still. You know, they're still trying yeah. to get those out there. But Nintendo, like, I, I don't think they can get the parts they need to make yeah. this Switch Pro, you know? Um, so I feel like if, if they're smart, I'd probably wait until next year. Like holiday twenty twenty two. I think that's gonna happen. They're gonna have a bunch of first party titles available for it, like Splatoon two or oh, Splatoon three. Sorry. Uh, Do you Legend think that they Zelda, make like, probably a new Mario, and then they're they're golden? You know. Um, you think they make any of those exclusive to the to a new Switch, like Breath of the Wild two or Mario? I think, or it, think I think it would be positioned as that. a new, like a, a Switch two, like you say. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be called new Nintendo Switch. I I don't think. Because, like, Nintendo typically has a console cycle of, like, every five years. Mm-hmm. They're, pre- they're, they're shorter than Sony and Xbox most of the time. So I... It's also weird, though, because this is, like, a handheld and a console. You know, it's yeah. like, they, they rode the DS for, I... I would say, a little too long. And, you know, yeah. the, 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 the uh, 3DS had a really long generation, too. It's, it's hard to say, because... Nintendo could conceivably, you know, use this system way past its expiration date they could, with the right first-party games. It could have different versions of the games, I guess. It's like the Wii U and the, the Switch with uh, Zelda yeah. Breath of the Wild, right? Well, and, and Guardians of the Galaxy is coming as a cloud game. Yeah. So they might try to, I think you mentioned in the last episode, they might try to extend life a little bit. You know, that way. With, with third-party stuff. I think, it, I think if they do have you know, Switch 2 games being developed, mm-hmm. they'd have it available f- f- through the cloud on the Nintendo yeah. Switch just because of how popular it is, how many people have it. It's it's like that situation with the PS4, right? There's so many PS4s out there. Why would we just make it pl- exclusive to the next system? Right. So I think if it was a mid-generation... I think if it was a mid-generation game, we would have, uh, a game console, we would have heard it by now. I think they're going to go all in with the Switch 2. 
and like I also don't think they're going to announce that early. No, like I think when they do announce that, they're going to do it a few months before it's out because <laughs> just, otherwise, just people watch are them announce it as soon as this episode comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be really funny. That'd be our luck too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't think they're going to announce this six to nine months early because they don't want people to go. Oh, I was going to get a switch. Now I won't. Right. They would. I know this sounds kind of like cold, but. They'd rather you bought a Switch, and then the next day you find out there's a new Switch, because you're going to buy that one, too, you know, a few months later. They don't want people to, on the fence, to not get one. So, the, I think I they think announce it, like, in, like, an August if they, period. It'd be such a bullen move if they make, like, Mario Kart 9 on the next Switch. Oh, my God. If they did like, that, and, like, <laughs> Zelda or Mario, yeah. people would... Everybody might complain, but they're going to buy that's, that's, it. That's 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 the know? holy trifecta, right? Like Splatoon three, Zelda, yeah. and then a new Mario game. Ooh, or or Mario Kart. Like, there's or, actually four. There's Mario Kart, a new 3D Mario, and then Zelda, then Splatoon. And can you imagine if they did like um um like a like a like a Smash Brothers? Uh, game of the year edition type deal with you know all the DLCs bundled in, yeah. and um, you know like like there's a couple of X. I could see I could see them doing something with Smash too because Smash really moves units too. It does, yeah. I remember uh when Smash came out on the Wii U, people were like, you know, fine, I'll buy I'll buy a Wii U now. Like they didn't want to, but a lot of people Smash and Mario Kart were what made them you know get one. I think it would have happened more with uh Breath of the Wild too if the Wii U was already you know pretty dead at that point. Yeah. On the Switch. I, but. I, I just, I feel like Smash, I don't know what you can do in the future for that. Because Ultimate's just Feels like, like that series is starting to wind down. Yeah. Because Sakurai, you know, is he's, he's worked pretty hard on He on does, yeah. Game. And I think, it, I think it's time we give, like, they, he has a break. Um, this game I, is I would like honestly the game... tight polish. They could just yeah. keep this, this version going forever. Yeah, you know? that's, that's why I think then just give it visual upgrades, like 4K resolution yeah version um but i think it would be smart on nintendo's part to have a new director on the series work on dlc mm-hmm. for that game like when, once the switch yeah keep keep out. the main game going and just kind of add new new content and stages over the years yeah. that would be a good way to do it poker flights um yes yeah, so that's 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 it for our news this week a uh, lot lot lighter uh because e 3 which you know are being over and chris i think we're both okay with that we're yeah. so tired yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um so we got a couple listener questions here. Um usually we we take a break, but I think this week we'll just keep going for mm-hmm. you know kind of a trim episode. Uh we got two questions. Uh one of them, a uh, friend of the show, Andrew McMahon. How do you think the next WarioWare will turn out considering how Super Mario Party was pretty pared down when it came to creativity when compared to previous iterations? Do you think they'll do the same with this one to make it more accessible to casual players? Um I don't know what they're going to do. And the reason I say that is I think Wario, Game & Wario on the Wii U was, in, in my opinion, one of the best games on the Wii U. Like, top 10, top 5, like high up there for me. But it didn't sell very well. But it's hard to say. Is it because it's a more niche title and the Wii U sold, like, sold you know, terribly? You know what I mean? Like, I know it's a popular series. I just know it's, it's, not, a, it's not like a core it's, series. So it's, it's hard for me to say. The problem with that series is that the content is so dry on that it's like there's not much to it it's like five oh to dude i still play the game boy advance I, I know that but they're so fun but is there enough value in that kind of series for it to be justified as a 50 dollars, 60 dollars game you know 
like I I would like yeah. it if that series goes to like twenty thirty dollars, but no, I, that's not Nintendo yeah. style. I think that would help the series because people would be more likely to pick it up. But I personally would have no problem throwing sixty bucks at a new WarioWare game. But I know that, that everyone's not going to do that. Um, the Wii U one was forty, yeah, but that one wasn't quite like the WarioWare games before that. That one had uh, I'm trying to remember three or four games. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of like more detailed. My favorite one was like a Pictionary one, where one person was drawing in the gamepad. Everyone's trying to guess. I had a lot of fun with my family but, on that one. But what was the question? Sorry. Oh, do we think that Nintendo is going to be really creative with this one and go all out, or do we think they're going to be more kind of? Uh, 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 sorry, let me go back really quick. Do we think it's be more pared down uh, in terms of creativity and and kind of scope, like that it was Super Mario Party? I I think it's one of those games you could easily turn out like during a, the pandemic you know um, I'm not sure how pared down it would be it's hard to really tell from the trailer we've seen uh, but yeah. I, I think it would be the same length as a typical WarioWare game I don't think um, I, 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 I don't I, think I they're that they don't, big because I, I did not <laughs> like the where they cut back with Super Mario Party I, I did not like you know I didn't like that they were kind of more conservative with their offering yeah but you know i think the wii u mario party was better i guess what i'm saying i, I love and that smooth was moves. frustrating yeah yeah smooth moves was really good i also really like my, my one of my favorite games the one on the game Boy advance uh um where you wear uh micro games uh i also i know this isn't really like super on topic i just want to mention because it's related to our next question and this question a little bit i do want to see a new wario game soon I don't want to just get WarioWare. You know, I want Wario Land to, mm-hmm. to come back. Those games are really silly and fun. Uh, next question. A uh, very, very good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Very good friend of the show. Joseph Yates. Never have. Writing in. <laughs> and his question is, it's simple, but it's one of the most important questions we've ever been asked. And it is, if a Wario, 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 how much Wario would a Wario, Wario, if a Wario, Wario, Wario? Joseph, that is one of the best fucking questions I've ever it's, it's too much worry. seen. It's, it's too much worry, oh. Joseph. It's, it's there, too there much can't be. Okay. Too many Joseph, I'm going to answer this question the best I know how. Uh, the answer is Wario, first no. of all. And second of all, uh, the true answer to this question is Wario needs to be in Fast and Furious 10. I want him and Vin Diesel and The Rock to drive together and fight, and that would be good. On Chris, his bike. Oh my god, dude! His little his little bike. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters in Mario Kart too, because he's just freaking wow. He's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, he's Wario's a lot. Uh, Chris, do you have an answer to if a Wario, Wario, Wario? How much Wario could a Wario, Wario, for Wario, Wario, Wario? That's impressive. My answer was Wario. Um, just Wario. I don't know. Wario. Wario. Okay. Our 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 question, Joseph, is Wario. Uh, Joseph, thanks for writing in. I hope that you are right in the future with more great, great questions like that. Uh, my night and life are forever changed. All right, so what we've been playing this week. Um, uh, Chris has been playing a little fair amount of some stuff. Um, really, we've all been playing stuff for work. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Like One of my games, uh, I'm not really going to go. I'm just going to mention what I'm playing and then pass it to you. Because I, I, I don't have much to say other than I'm still playing Mass Effect 3 in Legendary Edition. I'm still enjoying it, obviously. Mass Effect. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm wor- I was working on some guides and stuff for Prima how- games for that one. And then I'm still playing Fortnite. How does it hold up? Is, uh, 
I think it holds up really well. The only complaint I really have is, and I, 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 I remember feeling like this when I played it for the first time at launch in 2012, but I just assumed, oh, maybe I'm just tired or playing quickly, because um, I mentioned this in the show before, but when, for Mass Effect 3, I took work off, and I basically, I played for 20 hours, I slept for 7 hours, I played for 20 hours or so, and then the, the game was finished. I did it in two sittings. And so, at the time, I thought, maybe I'm just tired. You know, maybe it's just me. But I'm feeling this now, too. I think they overcorrected the series. I think 2 had everything uh, right in terms of um, menus, systems, I'll elaborate in a second, uh, quest systems and stuff like that. And I think that they would have kept the same, like, structure and framing for 3, but with 3's, you know, missions and, you know, put, put 3's content in, in 2's skeleton. And I think three would have been just as good as two or better, but three misses the mark a little bit for me. Um, and two is still my favorite. And the reason being is um, they just there's less menus, and I think they were trying to make the game more accessible to non RPG people. But like two had a perfect amount of menus where I didn't feel lost. But three, first of all, that the codex is lumped into the quest screen. There's not really like main quests and side secondary quests. I mean there there are, but they're all in the same quest column. And then on top of that, your text for a quest doesn't really update or change as you progress the quest. So let's say the quest is to get item A and take it to person B so you can help person C and get D. When you get A, it doesn't say you've got A, go take it to person B. So they can help C. Oh you've given it to person B, now person C is good and now D will happen quest complete that doesn't happen as you progress the quest so once you get the item it still says you know you need to get this item and take it to person b so it's easy to forget did you pick this item up already do you already have that like it's just really easy to kind of lose track yeah of your quest progress and it makes me less likely to let engage in side quests because you know i feel kind of uh i don't feel grounded to this menu that some people might look at as a menu as like a, a jail but it's you know it's not these menus like guide you and help the game you know, flow better. So I don't know. Mass Effect Two just I took on side quests nonstop because I felt like I could keep track of what was happening. I was never wondering, did I go get that item? Um, just a couple of things were oversimplified too much for three. You know that I think for three. It, other than that, though, the story and everything is still you know great, and I love the combat. It's basically just Gears of War combat, which is you know great. Like Bioware put their own twist on it because they got powers and stuff, but. Yeah, I think it's held up overall. I just playing re, play, replaying this right after playing two, you know, its issues were just really kind of like clear to me. Like, oh wait, two did this and three doesn't. I wish it did. Um, which I might not have had as much of that if I didn't finish. <laughs> um, but yeah, still fun, still held up. Just I wish they wouldn't have kept changing stuff after you know bouncing what they had with one when they made two. They just kind of kept going they should have right chris you've been playing a bunch of games i would like to hear about all of them but especially biomute because i've heard so much about that game. yeah so this was a game that was lost in the shuffle i don't think we covered it when we should have um but i'm gonna be talking about it now and it, there's a reason why i forgot about it is because it kind of feels forgettable <laughs> personally um i the the combat doesn't feel great um than the 
the way the story is portrayed is so frustrating because when you're in cutscenes, the narrator just says everything. And like it's it's like written as if English wasn't their first language at points. You know? It like there's some weird transitions, there's some weird kind of like phrases that the 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 um narrator says to explain the story and what I, each character I heard a lot saying. of people say the game would have been better with, with the game was better when they turned the narrator off or down. Or, yeah, but the but, the thing uh, is you can only turn off the narrator during battles, I believe, so you still have to go through these annoying narrator segments of the cutscenes. I just wish the characters just spoke English. Made things much better. Um but yeah, like wait, so is she like quite interesting what the characters are saying? But, yeah, What's... they're just talking gibberish. Oh, so and they, the narrator's they like about this, this person's saying this. It just feels really slow and contrived because uh, the characters are just saying gibberish, and then he says what they say. So it just feels really slow. Okay. Like it's... So instead of like Banjo Kazooie noises and then like subtitles underneath, yeah. it's someone saying, oh, that creature said this yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's, okay. it doesn't Yeah, feel... that would get old really. Yeah, it doesn't quick. feel needed. Um, nah, like subtitles or anything like that would have been much better. But yeah, like my brain's a bit foggy on Biomutant. I, I just wanted to mention it because you know we got a review code from the the publisher, and I I thought we should cover it because uh, yeah, like it it has you, good. Do you bones think it's still it, worth playing because of the the positives, or do you think the negatives really kind of unfortunately wash over a lot of the good? The, the negatives kind of wash over it for me. Like I don't think the combat's good enough. Um, it's not. Uh, what's the word? It's not created to the best quality. You can tell it's a double A kind of game, and like, no, that that that's I, that, I can I can um I, I like playing those kind of games, but this one kept out a bit too janky to me. And then yeah, like, the I saw, I saw some cool. people saying it felt like a, an Xbox or PS2 game in terms of like structure and uh, depth for gameplay. Yeah, it just reminded but... me of Legend of K, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Hmm. Um, uh, do you, now, one more question I have on this for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think if they did a Biomutant 2, they could fix... Do you think there's, do you think there's enough good that they could salvage and you know, run with in another game if they make corrections to your issues? Or do you think they should just kind of cut their losses? You know? It's an interesting Like, do you think world. there's something here? Yeah, it, it, like... It, it's got something there. It's got a unique kind of style. Um, like... The characters look different as to what you'd expect from like other anthropomorphic games. It's a bit more edgy, a bit more gritty. Um, right. I, I think there's something there, like in this post-apocalyptic world where humans died off because of um, animals getting um, mutated and then them taking over the, the, the Earth. Oh, okay. Yeah, the setting sounds cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool setting. Cool lore, but yeah, just the execution just wasn't there for me. And when you have tons and tons of games releasing, like especially like other open world games like this, you just, you just don't want to spend your time with this, just because it's just too many. Yeah, issues. I've 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 played some games like that where like you know this game's like I I want to play this, but I'd rather play this and this because mm-hmm. this just does more. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, tell me about Guilty Gear Strive. I've heard a lot yeah. of good stuff about this. So this is the new fighting game from Arc System Works, who did. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters Z, yeah, yeah, and um, they they they're known for like their anime fighting games. Uh, I am really enjoying this one so far. I I feel like 
it's much more approachable for newcomers, but there's also enough depth for um, old school fans of the game to get enough enjoyment out of. Um, what I really love in this game is the online connection speeds, because most Japanese games have awful online. And that's like the bread and butter of fighting games, right? You need right. good online to enjoy you can't the game. Yeah, input lag or latency. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they switched to this uh, new system called Rollback Netcode, um, which kind of like is a better system that predicts your movements and it, it works. Um, it's actually quite cool. incredible how it works. And um, I've had a bit of lag here and there, but like it's, it's surprisingly smooth. Um, but good, good, but, good. but getting to the game itself, um, I every character uh, feels unique, and they each have their own weapons. Like one of my main characters that I'm playing is um, a character called May, who uses an anchor and can summon like dolphins and whales and sharks to help her <laughs> with her special moves. Mm. Um, and I think there's like a good mix of char- characters that can be suitable for beginners. To easily input like combos and um, yeah, and that there are also some characters that are harder to learn that like the veterans can really sink their teeth into and get a lot of fun out of. Um, for me as well, I feel like the matchmaking system that they have in the lobbies is actually well done. So I feel like I've been able to like uh, how it works is there's this tower and based on like your wins and losses, you go either down or further up the the tower, right? Um, and for me, I I think that results in very fair games, um, very like equal kind of like yeah, you can win, you can mostly win every game if you, um, if you're clever, you know. Right. If you input your, it looks you like a well. really unique, unique game. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I don't play a lot animation. of fighting games except for the ones that really pull me in. Yeah, usually it's just Mortal Kombat Eleven and Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. But uh, this this looks this looks really cool. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add this to my wish list and you know pick it up the next yeah. time I'm looking for a fighting and game. I, I I would recommend it for beginners as well because the there's this mode called Mission Mode that mm. takes you through each and every mechanic in um a very helpful way um i wish at some points that um the playback feature wasn't every single kind of like tutorial but it isn't so it doesn't give you like a video of like okay this is how you do this right uh but mostly i i've been able to get better at this game because of the mission mode and i'm able to understand the Mm. different mechanics and i feel like i've become a better player because of it um that's good. Yeah, I also want to give a shout. And no one wants to like read menu screens forever, so if the game finding a way to make it fun to learn is is important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I want to give a shout out as well, um, to the people at the Fighting Games uh, Discord. So, uh, Mitchell Saltzman, um, from IGN, put out this tweet. It's like, hey, you know, um, does anyone? reviewing this game want to um join the discord and talk um and uh play some matches together and uh yeah that's been helpful because they've been able to teach me how to play the game more as well cool. um yeah it was great that's cool so uh had a lot of fun with those guys um and they're awesome so yeah uh guild gear strive uh i would certainly recommend it um i has a beautiful anime art style that that 
like with 3D modules that look like 2D anime, and it's like super detailed. The stages are elaborate and interesting, and the music. Oh my god, I I, I can't talk about Guilt Gear Strive without talking about the music. And um, I'm surprised Joseph Yaden hasn't even heard of this game because it has an incredible metal soundtrack. Like mm. the, the the songs are so damn good. Like I've been head banging to them a few a few times, and um, <laughs> it's. It sounds fantastic, and the the main theme song "Smell of the Game" is still on my constant rotation of songs to listen to. So, um, nice. just yeah, uh, we received a review code from uh, Arc System Works. I don't know if I said that, um, but uh, thank you so much for sending the code, and I will continue to talk about this game for a while. Nice. I'm gonna check that out. Too. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. I was looking at the images on Google when you were talking about it. it looks really cool. Um. And then last, you got Ninja Gaiden Sigma, yeah. which you also received the review code for as well. Talk to me about this. Yeah, so I'm reviewing this for Game Skinny, so you can read my full review there. But um, I uh, I was playing um, the, the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection and decided to focus mainly on the first game, Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Uh, I, I, I have mixed feelings about this. So underneath, I think there's a brilliant game. Um, the stealth, the, the, no, there's no stealth in it, but there's like the action kind of gameplay is similar to like Devil May Cry, where like there's really cool combos that look fun and exciting to implement. And um, there's challenge there, there's a really good mount challenge where uh, bosses have unique kind of um, setups that you have to counter, um, and enemies like. That they're smart, <laughs> you know. It's not like Assassin's Creed where only one attacks you at the same time, uh, at at one time. Like they all attack you at the same time, you know. Um, yeah. And for me, uh, this game feels kind of like Resident Evil as well, where you're exploring the levels, you go into secret areas with your techniques, like being able to wall jump from place to place to place, you know. Um, and it feels rewarding finding all the collectibles like the Golden Scarabs that gives you like a really cool blade if you collect them all. Um, and um, you, uh, as you go through the game, uh, you're rewarded for your diligence of finding like each treasure around each level, right? Um, and then, yeah, the story is kind of non-existent, really. Like it doesn't... Um, I might be wrong about the the series, but it feels like the gameplay is a heavy focus of this one. Yeah, um, I think I think you're right. From what I've played of the series, yeah, too. yeah. So it's like Doom, where it's got a story, but that's not the point. But it's that's not really. Worth. It's kind of ahead of its time in a way because it's it feels like a blockbuster adventure. Um, so for me, I want to if ask you, you that too. if you this like Devil May Cry a... or Resident Evil, I think you'd really enjoy this. Um, and like I'd recommend giving it a shot. Um, some of the issues, some issues did pop up for me, and that's why I rated it a bit lower. Um, the how do you think it holds up as a 2004 game, which is basically what it is? That you know, I mean, yeah, it's a re- it's... it's a remastered remaster. But... Yeah, it's it's a remaster, remaster of a remaster, pretty much, because I think Ninja Gaiden Sigma was based on the PS2 game. I might be wrong. Um, and then it got ported to PS3, and then so... now playing it on the Switch, which I played it on. Um, you can tell it's age. Like it looks like kind of blurry at points. Um, the textures aren't that detailed, and it's not something I'd expect from a HD kind of remaster. 
um it's 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 salvageable it's fine you know for what it is and you get used to like the low texture quality just because the the the, the great game that's underneath it but yeah. i wish it's improved some things like the platforming was terrible it's it's like play like you know we're 3d platformers where they're pretty easy to control now but like super mario 64 was tough it's kind of like yeah. that with ninja gaiden where yeah 3d platforming in action games was just being experimented on at that point and right, you can we were still tell... kind of figuring out what it meant to have yeah a and it feels janky um for me there's some platform heavy segments that were tough to get through just because of the bad camera and then like how awkward the jumping felt um because like right. it's like with with the press of the button he instantly like rolls in the air right so it's hard to really um figure out okay when when to jump and how to jump and then yeah all you you also have to manage like the wall running right where you have to jump into the wall at a particular angle um so that sprung up a few uh frustrating moments in the game um but overall i i did enjoy my time with it uh i i do wish they fixed a few things here and there like the the, the um cg cutscenes that look disgustingly disgusting like they've like, stretched they're probably they're probably pre-rendered a pre-rendered so cg yeah. but like for, for me you can do like you could probably do like ai upscaling and then yeah, have them I'm presented sure like probably... the Kingdom Hearts games where the CG cutscenes have actually been pretty well preserved and look great in HD. Yeah, it's probably just an issue of money. It's like they want to give it the Mass Effect Legendary Edition treatment budget or yeah. just, you know, clean it up a little bit and get it out the door, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but... I just needed those improvements, I think. But, um... Yeah, and, and, and you're right. It, it, was a, it was an Xbox game, but yeah, PS2 generation. Um, it was an Xbox game, and they did a PS3 remaster of it, and then this is like a remaster of that. So yeah, yeah, it's 17 years old, and it's showing its age a little bit. Mm. But it's it's neat that there's still some fun stuff it, in there. It, to, is, it's, you know, it's, it holds up in too. some ways, um, hmm. and I do like the different weapons you can collect in the game that you can actually miss if you don't explore the whole level properly. Um, but you've got some guides, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll have a guide up for that particular topic. Yeah, so nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll have to plug that when that happens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's it this week uh, for what we've been playing and and news and stuff. Uh, just a little bit of a shorter week, which uh, is always nice after uh, a busy E three. Um, Chris, when you are not reporting ActiQuest, where can people find you? You can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter. You can read my written work on Gamepur, uh, Game Skinny, RetroWare. Um, I'll probably post it on Twitter whenever I have something big come up. And then uh, you can listen to Go Beyond my Hero Academia podcast each and every Wednesday. Um, Vaughn Hyde and I, we go through every episode of the show in excruciating detail as we compare the anime to the manga, and um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't like where it's heading with the manga, personally. Um, it's there's a lot of foreboding going on with a character I think um shouldn't have that, but um, you know, um I still love the show and uh, you should listen to the podcast if you if you like it. Cool. 
And then you can find me uh, at Twitter uh, at Instructor uh, Retroware Games uh, Game Prime. Working on some cool stuff for Prima. I'm looking forward to sharing out. And uh, as always, thanks again for listening. Thanks for rating. Thanks for telling your friends, your dog, and nailing a piece of paper to a tree that says Active Quest. We appreciate it. And we are looking forward to seeing you guys next week with hopefully a full roster and a moved, not just uh, physically, but also emotionally moved. Thanks, that's our show. Yeah, and we should uh, release some more like evergreen stuff, I think, as well. Like our favorite Resident Evil games and, you know, stuff. Maybe our favorite Sonic games at some point as well over the next few weeks as the news kind of cools down. So um, we'll see you next week. Bye.